from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino. It's Cofield and Company. Silver Sevens on a Thursday. Willie Ramirez is here. Mateo's helping out. We got Ari back in our Finley Toyota Studios. Lots of football talk this hour. We'll get into the Rams parade yesterday, which uh, looked like a freaking hoot. We'll get to a little UNLV men's and women's basketball towards the end of the hour. Let's do it. Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. You know, we did so many hits early in the week on the commercials. And when we talked about the commercial rankings for the Super Bowl, a lot of it was about the creative stuff, you know, done by companies with, you know, claymation and dogs and babies and, you know, funny stuff with uh, Scar Joe and Colin Jost and Larry David. But the one thing we skated past were the commercials that we know, well, I think we know they'll have an impact, and that is some of the promotional commercials for Shows that are upcoming. So, two of the shows that were pumped heavily were Bel Air and Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers. Can I tell you, at the Cofield compound, the SO saw the Bel Air promo and was like, why are they doing that? Are you pumped? I am pumped. Um, I think it looks interesting. Yeah. I don't know what her problem is. I'm pumped I to see what it's about. Um, I just don't – I don't know if I'm, I'm – I'm not buying in. To, you know, I I don't know if we need a dramatic version. I feel like we're going to get, like, an All-American feel to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the show All-American, right? So um, I don't know how they're going to transition that. I know Will Smith has been is a, is a producer, executive producer. I saw his name on there. So um, – I think it's a fascinating idea. I don't. I, it is. You're right because I'm completely drawn in by the fact that the Prince of Bel Air, for the most part, was kind of goofy. There were some messages in there, were good messages, but right. this there, seems like a complete turn in another direction. It's well, it's it's it, it. The writing's on the wall that it's not going to be making fun of Carlton every single time, making fun of Hillary, Will cracking jokes, throwing jazz out the door. You know, it's not going to be. And then the occasional tug at your heartstrings. There's going to be storylines, and they're going to be serious issues tackled. And I'm sure that Will Smith is going to tackle a lot of today's societal issues, whether it be drugs, whether it be racial injustice, whether it be uh, mental health issues, depression, suicide. Run down the line, I think that he's taking a crack at dramatizing something that he made famous and putting a twist to where now he can – uses creative juices to do something on television rather than on film. And like I said, I mean, it, it put a drama spin on it. Do you think that Magic Johnson's going to go into social media uh, media hiding for like two months? No. With winning time coming out? I don't think he's going to go into hiding. He's Magic Johnson. He can't go into any kind of hiding. He's got to go in public. The Lakers are pl- should, should he be the one worried the most about how he comes off? Uh, I think, no, well, I mean, I think that... <laughs> I mean, I'll never forget where I was when Magic Johnson stepped on and said, I, you know, I have to retire from the Lakers day because I've contracted the HIV virus. I mean, <laughs> so I, I think we all know his lifestyle. I, I've shared a story about Magic Johnson 
at a, at a nightclub here, right, literally, Steve, two minutes from where we are down the street. Um, he loved Las Vegas. He loved partying. He loved women. So, I mean, I don't think that the his stories I told now, is he worried that it's going to be sort of, you know, cinematic and it's going to be, there's going to be Hollywood embellishment? Probably. But what's going to be said that hasn't been said in the last 30 years about Magic Johnson? Oh, I don't think it, people now have any clue of what was going on late 70s, early 80s. If they if they concentrate on that with the Lakers, it was an S show in, 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 in some good ways, some fun ways, and some negative ways. There, Magic Johnson, early in his career, controlled the organization, got coaches booted. Then you had the weird deal where Pat Riley and Jerry West were co-coaches for like eight minutes. There's Magic's exploits, as I think you're hitting at. Right. Right, his sexual exploits that you know led to the the tragic announcement. Well, of, you asked me of you, HIV. You, you got you got. Are they going to have is Dr. Jerry Buss going to be stooping someone? Because you know every five minutes, I wonder how John C. Riley is going to come off. I actually think he kind of looks like him with the the side part and the mustache. Um, not everything that was around the Lakers and around pro sports teams is all fun and games. No, and I didn't say that. But okay. you asked me how I how. Should he be worried how he's going to be portrayed? The way I took the question was, is it going to be taken out of context? Is it going to be embellished in any way, shape, or form? And I don't think that you can embellish right. what took place back then is my point. I, there, it's, it's, oh, the material's it's, so good? Okay. Yes, yes. So, yeah. I mean, there's there's not going to be any embellishment because it's it's. I think it's well-known. Not Yes, you're right. Not to today's society, not to today's era, but... It's known to if, – if you did enough reading and searching and Googling, and that's what people do these days. Reading. You don't read anymore? You haven't read since college, huh? Or did you read in college? I read. I'm not sure everyone else reads beyond headlines. This is true. I'm, I'm, I'm actually on – This is true. I'm on the look it up machine, my phone, all the time, trying to learn. About, it might not be the most important stuff, but, yeah. I am. I'm not sure is that it, everyone else is. So I think – I think – uh, the Lakers of 40 years ago, there's a lot of people who aren't aware of what they were. Is the Let me ask you this. Is the SO on Facebook? Nope. She dumped out like three years ago. It, was she a click and share person without reading? Uh, no. No, she's pretty good. And, and then every once in a while she'll get into uh, you know some comment wars with people on IG. But she's she'll, she, for the most part, she just wants to look at pictures and stuff. Nothing against her. She, it's just like my mom's a click and share. Oh yeah. She reads the headlines. She reads a little sub in, yep, and then, then she texts awful. me immediately, and she'll say, "Oh my god, did you see?" I was like, "Did you read the story, mom?" Nope. Oh yeah. She's a click yeah. and share. Yeah. Number four. <laughs> Number four. I love parades. I've been criticized on the show for saying I love parades. I love parades, holiday celebration, uh, bands, drums. I love it all. Um, I love drunk celebrating athletes. And coaches, uh, listen to Sean McVay and Aaron Donald. Donald's up there with a shirt off. Uh, McVay is hulking out and just screaming. Run it back! 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 Give it up for Aaron Donald! What a stunt! Everything! We, we, we built the super team. We can bring the super team back. Why not run it back? We can be world champions. I don't, I don't know what is happening. It's just McVeigh screaming, and then Aaron Donald 
is doing whatever that freaking pose is that you know you bodybuilders do and just hulking out. Everyone is just raging. That was awesome. It's really By the way, back to our Stan Kroenke conversation in hour one. Extend Sean McVay right now. Ten years, $200 million. Let's go. That, that right there was worth it. The title and that parade celebration, that's awesome. And those guys acting like lunatics, the win was nice, but personalities like that, that's going to help command more presence in L.A. from sports fans. It's going to draw. I mean, I want to know how many people. I want to know the next day how many calls were taken for season ticket. When's the season ticket? When can we buy? When when is when can we put our name on the list to get season tickets? I mean, this is the energy that you. I have no problem with any of this. When you say parades, I'm assuming you mean victory parades, or you mean like the Macy's parade. You mean all parades? All of them. All, well, all of them. I'm these victory rallies and stuff. I am 100 in for these because these guys work. These are professional athletes. You know, you're talking about defensive and offensive linemen. I want you to figure out how many plays they're on the field every single game and then and then multiply that by the games and then the playoffs and then the Super Bowl. That's how many times they're clanging helmets with another person throughout the season. They deserve to be up there flexing like he's flexing and enjoying themselves to celebrate a championship. Number three. So another part of... The celebration was a moment with Matt and Kelly Stafford up on a stage. It looked like it was about 10 feet high. A female photographer starts backing up. She falls off the stage. It looked bad. Matt Stafford goes, I think he said, oh, F, and then turned around and walked to the back of the stage. His wife walked up to the front of the stage to check on the woman immediately. You know, I know Ari noticed it because that's his deal. I noticed it. And I had the question, is Matt Stafford truly a terrible human being for not checking in on this woman, or was he just sauced and had no idea what the hell was going on? Ari, you go first. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with a little of both, mostly the sauced. I'm sure he's not a jerk, but right. I also, I, I just, I'm not saying I'm so great, but I really, do you need to be that drunk to where you can't even comprehend that a woman just fell off stage in front of you and that she might be hurt? So you definitely, if you were drunk, you definitely would help. I, I would like to think that I wouldn't be so in, like out of it that I couldn't even. Uh, uh, otherwise, he's a jerk, right? It's one or the um, other. I'll, I'll say I might have walked away. I can't guarantee what I would have done. Let me depending you, on what state of inebriation he, I'm he in. He kind of okay. reminded me of that meme, uh, the gift too, where the guy's just like, and just walks away like I don't care, not my problem. <laughs> That's what I saw, but. <laughs> I don't think that he has, I don't think that he has, like, I don't think that he doesn't care about people. I don't think that. But at the same token, what is he going to do? He's not a paramedic. Now, that that woman is that actually ended up in serious condition. It's it's like it's like rolling up on a car accident, right? You, you look in, you check, are you okay? But you don't touch anybody when they fall on their back or their neck or anything. You don't because what? Now, let me ask you this. What if he goes down there inebriating? Sorry. What no, if he, he goes down there. No, I'm not done, so don't cut me off. Cause I'll drive up to West Flamingo. We'll be what if he, <laughs> Ari? What if he drive? What if he comes down off the stage, inebriated, checks on her, p- picks her, like grabs her, whatever, and says, "Are you okay, Bob?" And then does further damage. 
I kind of feel like he did the right thing. He, I'm, I can't imagine. What if he jumps and hurts himself? He's a franchise quarterback. I don't. That think was a ten foot drop. I'm sure that he's he already got a bad ankle. Her. He's got a bad ankle, Ari. We saw the camera go off. They stopped filming. Wifey checked on her, but I'm sure the paramedics rolled up immediately and did what they have to do. It's not his responsibility. He's not a doctor, Ari. First of all, Steve, stop cutting Willie off. Secondly, so you mean to tell me he was so inebriated that he could that he could consider that? Oh well, I don't want to mess anything up. You know, get myself in legal trouble. Yes. Which was it? Yes. Which because is you know it? who else? You know who else should have done that? A couple of guys in town that wear silver and black. Fair. All I'm saying is I'm just I'm joking here, but I'm saying if he was so drunk that he couldn't see that the helpless woman just fell, then I think he was too drunk to be like, hmm, maybe I should back off so I don't get myself. No, in he just knows better trouble. that. I mean, because because and I don't think that he knew the severity either. So he just was like, oh man, maybe he. Th who? You don't know these people that maybe he didn't want to involve himself to. Maybe Derek, Derek get Carr accused would, of would be all over it. He'd be down there helping her. Derek Carr might have done that. That's uh, right. Update, update on the story. Rams quarterback Matthew and Kelly Stafford, according to Adam Schefter, announced today they will be covering the medical expenses for Kelly Smiley, who fell off the stage. Ari! There you go. Great guy. <laughs> Number two. In your face! Right. Silver sevens. The face! Uh, on a Thursday. We love Ari. Um, you know, this is a thought that we had and we discussed right when Dave Ziegler took over as a GM and... Josh McDaniels as head coach. We were thinking, wow, that's kind of a violation of Belichick principle. He doesn't mind if people leave, but, you know, don't start stealing guys from me. And now when you look at the staff, Willie, yeah. they've added more and more Raiders coaches. This is real interesting. Either McDaniels is the closest that ever or that any coach has ever been with Belichick. So Belichick's cool with it, but am I being conspiratorial? With Belichick by saying maybe the end of the line is coming up here soon and he's not as hardcore about taking assistance as he used to be now that he's, what, pushing 70? Josh McPilfering? Is that what we're going to call him? You can. I don't know that that sticks, but you can try it. Well, I, you know. You can try it. I'm surprised I didn't catch any crap from you about uh, the, the website that I found this story on because this was just another, you know, I, I, I caught crap last week for just random blog sites. But, yeah, I found this and I... It, it's the headline is Josh McDaniels broke Bill Belichick's number one rule with new Raiders coaches, basically pilfering, because down the but down the line we have Patriots uh, Central over on a on a. Well, I mean the quote was pulled from a documentary that was covering Saban and Belichick, and Belichick said a few years back, "quote Yeah, look, I'm happy for people who have worked hard to get me uh, for me to get opportunities, and I want to see them." build their own program when they try to tear down our program that's kind of where the line i feel like gets crossed so he okay. said it you know he felt like that would you know they have a respectful relationship and this is something that did happen with the man genius uh scott pioli was in like these crosshairs quote. why do you like the quote i don't like the quote because listen to what he says i want to see them build their own program when they try to tear down our program, that's kind of where the line, I feel like, gets crossed. Okay, so if he goes and gets coordinators or other people that he worked with in different cities, and let's say two of them are in Chicago or three of them are in Dallas, so tear down their programs to build yours, but don't tear down mine. Yeah, why? What's wrong with that? He's supposed to be the benevolent leader of 
The Patriots, so, you're, you're hyper-competitive. You want to win. It's worked for him. He's kept, you know, when he's lost one person, he's kept the rest of the group together. So, what's I, wrong with that? <laughs> I get it. I get what I'm he, loyal to you. You be loyal to me. So you can take whoever you want, but you can't take him from me. You, so, can take, you, can take so one, your, you can take one person, but don't take five of you and gang up against me. And my GM. So to your point, maybe he's because he's reaching the end of the line and Maybe Josh knew that, and he and and he got his grace. Right. Maybe he got his his blessing. Right. And he knows, Bill's done in a couple of years. So let me go ahead and. Or one other part of this could be Belichick's actually acting like an adult, and growing and maturing and doing what Saban does. Because Nick Saban is the model on this. Because coaches come and go every year with Nick Saban, and he's like, you know what? I'll just go get someone else. Congrats. Peace. Right, you don't. I mean, maybe behind the scenes, Saban flips out, but I, we haven't heard anything publicly. He seems to be rolling with the punches every year with you know half a new staff. He'll be fine. Number one. I like that line. Very muted. He'll be fine. Same thing for Jack Eichel. People freaking out last night. That wasn't very impressive. His uh, debut and they lose. Sure. Now this is me playing the role of again. Hyper, hyper VGK fan who's like, eh, nothing to see here. What happened? Those VGK fans that don't realize that since December 6th, Colorado is 23-2-2. Two two. Third best goals for uh, average. Second best goals against average. Yeah, that team against a Golden Knights team that's missing its starting goaltender, its captain, one of its top defensemen. Hmm. Settle down, people. The Golden Knights lost two to nothing. Actually, played decently for the fact that it was it was scoreless through the first two. I think they should be happy with the fact that the, the first of all, Gabriel Landeskog's goal was. I mean, when I say a sliver, if you watch the shot from his point of view, where he placed that over Brassois' shoulder and just under the crossbar was phenomenal and then a power play goal to for the insurance goal in the third period the golden knights played just fine now as for eichel if you look at eichel's numbers career wise he 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 is a setup man okay and he does his, his knack for for reading the ice and setting people up for plays is his specialty so if you were expecting them to come out and score a hat trick then i don't know what to tell you but I will say this, as little excitement as he provided or seemed to, other than when he skated on the ice and everybody went absolutely nuts for warm-ups, the introduction as a starter, right, Mateo, you were there. The fact of the matter is, there were some times where I'm sitting there and the and the the reporters that I was sitting between, we both we were like, whoa, that was a nice pass. Whoa, did you see that read? There were some passes he laid on some blades that these guys weren't ready for also. So pay attention. He was making some plays. They shuffled the lines. Peter DeBoer shuffled his lines, broke up the misfit line. I mean, it. it you, you, this team got thrust into bringing on this star acquisition for his first game in 11 months. And again, I repeat, without your starting goaltender, Without your captain and without one of your top defensemen who happens to have two Stanley Cup rings. Anyone expecting immediate results from Eichel and continuity right away? 
You're a freaking knucklehead. Relax. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. World champions, the last team standing. We're the best in the world. That's what it's about, man. Look at this trophy right here. Look at it. This is for you guys. This is for the city of L.A. We did it. Drink as much as we do tonight and live it up. We're world champions. Let's go. Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. That's good stuff. Aaron Donald, what do they always say? Uh, you know, it's good to have your hardest working player, who's also your best player. So, Donald's worked for a long time to get to this position. I hope he keeps playing. Sounds like he's going to keep playing. Run it back. Run it back. That was from the parade yesterday. Uh, UNLV schedule is out for football. At least we, you know, we knew all the teams, but now we know uh, the dates. What do you think when you looked at it? I think that they're going to a bowl game. Um, I'm going to run through it real quick. Idaho State, they're rebuilding. They're going to be looking for a quarterback. They're coming here. UNLV's going to fire it up. Arroyo will have them ready. They're going to go to California and compete against the Golden Bears, but I have a feeling that they're going to lose this one, but they're going to compete strong enough to build a little bit of confidence. They're going to struggle against North Texas a little bit more, I think, than they will against Cal because they'll be up right for a letdown, and North Texas has a veteran quarterback coming back. So I think that they're going to be 1-2 and heading into Mountain West play. Utah State has a lot to replace. That's been a talented group, and... This is where I think if UNLV can be competitive against Cal and against North Texas, that they can go up there, and it's going to be a pivotal game. They'll either be one, two and two, or one and three out of there. They're going to beat New Mexico. They're going to beat San Jose State. October 15th, another pivotal game against Air Force. Last year, they ended the season with a 48-14 loss up there. Air Force, of course, they retool their offense every single year. They run that tough-to-defend rushing game, um, another pivotal game. Then they go to Notre Dame. The Mountain West Conference is uh, the schedule is split up a little bit here. The, it's broken for a, they take a break from conference play from October 15th to November 5th. In between, they go to South Bend. It'll be a learning experience. They're going to get smacked around, but I think they're going to be well into the season where they're going to, you know, show a little something, but I think Notre Dame's obviously going to name it. They're gonna, then they're going to have to go to San Diego State two weeks later after a bye week. Going to be probably rough. They're going to close out with three wins, Steve. They're going to beat Fresno State here. They're going to go to Hawaii, and then they're going to close out the season with the win over UNR. So one, two. Three and one, three and two, three and three, four and three, five and three, six and three, seven and three. Probably going to look at seven and five going into a bowl game. 22 ounce Bud Light, Budweiser, or Michelob Ultra, plus two hot dogs and two bags of chips, all for just $7.77 at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Stafford from under center, steps back, throws the fade, back shoulder, Cooper Cup's got it! Cooper Cup brings it in! Touchdown! Touchdown! Touchdown LA! With 125 remaining, the Rams are back on the high side! 
hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s. It's Cofield and Company. Rams did it. Rams did it. Rams did it. J.B. Long on Rams radio there. Rams win. We wanted to bring in uh, one of the legendary Rams to talk about this era of the Rams, his era of the Rams. He's got connections to St. Louis and back to L.A. in 1994. Uh, All-time great NFL receiver. Isaac Bruce is up on Cofield and Company. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm well and I'm blessed, man. How you guys doing? We're good. We're good. All right, so where were you watching this game, and how would you feel watching the Rams get it done? Uh, the Rams were so gracious to uh, fly us out, uh, gave us tickets to the game. Uh, so I was right in the building. Um, very uh, pleased with my guys, the way they played, the way they fought, uh, particularly first and foremost from a defensive standpoint, uh, the great Aaron Donald. Really showed up, showed out. Uh, he was my MVP of the game, and uh, the atmosphere was awesome and electric. Why did you think uh, Aaron Donald was the MVP over, say, Stafford and Cup, who actually got it? Um, I think he just took over the football game. Uh, there was a lot of uh, similar offenses being ran by both teams, and I think both offenses stalled out for a moment. And Aaron Donald just took it upon himself to take over this game, man. When you just I normally don't even watch interior play. I normally catch it on the on the jumbotron. But in that game, after he got into a little scrap on the sideline, I felt like he just turned into another person and, and really commanded a lot of attention from uh, the Bengals' offensive line. And it gave us opportunity, gave opportunity to the other guys on our line to get one-on-one and really go Burrow the way they did. I mean, you know quarterbacking as well as anyone because you're on the receiving end of so many passes over the years. What do you think about, you know, some of the key passes that Stafford got right, you know, in the space for the receiver? Oh, man, I thought it was beautiful. I mean, you know, when he was on all year, um, you know, it was beautiful to see. I just saw him clicking, uh, you know, games before this game. But, you know, you can see his resilience, uh, the offense resilience. uh, Some of the no-look passes that he threw was just amazing, uh, especially in a high-powered pressure game like that to, to do that and to complete it so i was really impressed with his play isaac bruce with us of all the quarterbacks you played with was is it the obvious one kurt warner was the best that you know getting the ball there basically as you were coming out of your turn oh he was definitely at the top one at the top i mean he his anticipation was awesome um you know i think it really benefited him from you know his days in the arena league you know, I played, played with uh, Chris Miller also. I mean, he was a, a deadly accurate on the deep ball. Uh, we had made a lot of music together. So I played with some decent quarterbacks. Man. Yeah, it's funny with Chris Miller. We actually had Chris on last year. He's good buddies with one of our football regulars, Mark McMillan, who played defensive back in the National oh, yeah. Football League. And, you know, I'd kind of forgotten how good Chris was. And really his, his career was, you know, cut short because he had so many concussions. But he really was a high-level QB at the time. I wanted to get your take on, you know, as you're watching as a fan, what was the vibe in SoFi? What do you think of SoFi? Were you around a bunch of other celebrities? Like, what was the experience like going to a Super Bowl? Well, I'm a football fan first, and having a vested interest in the game, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to notice other, you know, non-football players. So I was, I was watching the game. I think the game was exciting enough to have me on the edge of my seat and I felt like the Bengals did enough to win that game. So it, it went down to the very last moment. So, I mean, if, you, if you're a true football fan, you can really appreciate the game and the product that was on the field Sunday and uh, just the way these guys were really going at it. They were going at it like 
you know, they weren't promised to be back there again. So um, it was just a special game. Uh, for both, both defenses played great. And uh, you want to be in games like that, high stakes, and uh, come out and be the last team standing on the podium. Speaking of Super Bowl champion Isaac Bruce, now today it came out that the Broncos hired three Rams assistants away from the Super Bowl champs. And I got to ask you, when when you see the parade and, and and these guys are saying, "Hey, we're running it back," and everybody's coming back, and is the chemistry built in where okay? McVay can go out and, and get some assistance and, and fall right in line with his system, or can that disrupt things for running it back for another title? Well, it could. I mean, I think it determines just how long those assistants were there. I mean, if they were one-and-done guys, um, I really don't think it matters that much. Uh, you can you can plug and play. Um, you know, you're really just uh, getting other guys in early enough to teach those coaches your system uh, how you want to do things, how you expect, you know, for instance, you, your your receivers to be coached. And I don't think that's really a stretch for those guys to do. So um, for him to go out and probably bring in some more guys uh, just to replace what's missing, I don't think it'll be a big stretch to just get those guys acclimated. It's kind of like when you get players, new players in. You can see what happened with OBJ. It took him about three, three to four weeks to get acclimated to the system, um, you know, Week after week, you can see him stop making mental mistakes as far as lining up uh, where he's supposed to be. So it's the same with coaches. What do you think of McVeigh? You know, as a football coach and kind of as a as a dude. Yeah. Well, he's you know you can see his innovation as far as uh, offense is concerned, um, and that's the main thing. If you can get me better, um, if you can help me be successful, you can help me be fruitful on the football field. I think I like you. I like you more than I like you. But if you can't do those things, right. I mean, I'm not really going to have much patience for you as far as football is concerned. What about his age? Do you think you'd want to play for a guy who was, you know, 36 years old? Because, you know, looking back on your career, you actually you played for a lot of veteran coaches who were 50-plus years old. Right. Well, um, yeah, it's a, it's a new era. You know, those veteran coaches, they, they came in uh, with a way of doing things. And, uh, you know, Dick Vermeil fans, it got me a Super Bowl. It got me a championship. Um, Mike Martz, it got me a championship. The way that they ran things. Could I play for a McVay? I think I could. I mean, just based on, uh, you know, his off, his offensive acumen. I mean, the way he uh, manipulates defenses, set guys up, uh, put guys in positions to make plays, I think I could play for him. You were in L.A. for a really short time that first year. Do you feel a connection to Los Angeles? Uh, I do. You know, I was fortunate to go to junior college there, too, before actually coming back to the Rams um, and then playing a season there. You know, we're just one big family now, um, St. Louis, even Cleveland and Los Angeles. I mean, we're just one big family. There's a lot of great players that have come through uh, that Rams family, and we keep it as such. Isaac Bruce on the horn with Cofield and company. You know, looking back in your career, it really was the building process to get to, you know, a couple of Super Bowls and win one was kind of amazing. Um, when you when you first got there, I mean, they were still with ground Chuck, right? They're making the yep. transition from Chuck Knox, you know, a lot of run. Rich Brooks right. comes in and like that that next year, you you got 199 targets in one season. Yeah, yeah, it's, cra- it's crazy. Um, and then and then along the way, obviously, it still took a while, you know, to get the right quarterback in place and the right head coach right. in place. So you got to be patient. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's very similar. Uh, you know, my upbringing in the league is very similar to what you saw in the Cincinnati Bengals this year. 
Uh, they were 4-11-1 and and last year. Um, they're building. It, it seems as if they're building from the outside in. Uh, they got to take care of their offensive line. Very similar to, you know, what I experienced with the Rams as far as building up uh, the program while I was there. And, you know, we finally got it right. We went out and, uh, via free agency, got Marshall Falk, we got Adam Timberman, we got Trent Green, uh, a couple of guys on defense, and it made us a formidable team. And then Kurt Warner, he comes out of the, out of the, uh, out of nowhere, and we draft Tory Hope. So on paper, we you know we started looking pretty good, and once we got in training camp, man, we knew we could be a great team. Isaac, you, you mentioned different era, and I and I got to ask you because you spent a majority of your time with the Rams organization. Has the era changed? Is it bother? veterans like you or, or, or old schoolers, I guess you could say, when you see the turnover and how quick guys are ready to leave, or were we start, were you starting to see that already during your time? Because like I said, you spent a majority of your time with the Rams organization, finished up with the Niners, but most of it was with the Rams. Well, of course. I mean, you know, there is a business part of it that has to be, be done. I mean, you know, when I was drafted in 1994, I came in with about, uh, eight guys via draft. We were all there together for at least three seasons. So you kind of develop relationships with people, but at the same time, you start to see the business of it. There was, there was once upon a time when the Rams really didn't retain their draft picks or give them a second contract. And, uh, you know, I wanted to change that when my contract was coming up. I wanted to make sure um, I was able to finish what I had been part of starting right there with the Rams. So um, I was fortunate to do that. Uh, Played under three contracts with the Rams, and uh, yeah, it happens. It's the business part of it that that you know has to be respected. Talk about something that you're starting, Smush Cookies, and I'm looking here. You graduated from Dillard High School. I lived in Plantation, Florida, in 1982. Was zoned for Dillard, and then they <laughs> opened Western High School, and I ended up going to Western before I moved up to Minneapolis. And in Plantation, there's a Smush Cookies. That's your hometown. Yeah, my wife and I, we're, we're actually fortunate to be offering uh, exp- aspiring entrepreneurs an opportunity to own their own business. Uh, Smush Cookies, it's franchise, franchise smushcookies.com. That's S-M-O-O-S-H cookies.com. And, uh, you know, we've currently opened up our first, our first store in Plantation, and we're working on the second uh, lease right now in Canton, Ohio, right on the Hall of Fame ground. So, we're a pretty good company. Uh, it's a great brand. Uh, it's a good if you like ice cream. If you like the combination of ice cream and cookies together, I think Smush Cookies is for you. Um, it's growing. Uh, I think uh, uh, we're uh, since the Super Bowl, we are under contract with about three brand new franchises that are starting to be open now. So it's growing a lot. Uh, we're excited about it. And anyone that's listening to your show, SmushCookies.com. That's uh, franchise Smush Cookies. Uh, dot com and just look up all the information or go to my website isaacbruce.org and we'll we will fill you in and get you started i got a broward i got a broward county brother now and when you come out here to las vegas for the super bowl when the, when right. it's here at allegiant bring some smush cookies and i'll be dialed in indeed man i appreciate it man thank you <laughs> isaac bruce thank you so much we appreciate it no problem what's your favorite cookie chocolate chip Hands Does down. it have to be chocolate chip with a ice cream cookie sandwich? Does it have to be chocolate chip? What do you think? 
Have you ever seen anyone try any other? Wait a minute. Are you asking me what my favorite cookie is with the, with an ice cream sandwich or just in general? I'm saying, does does an ice cream sandwich have to have chocolate chip cookie? No. Like, have you seen anyone do it? Does anyone put out? Is that what the whole point is with Smush? Can you get any kind of cookie? You should like have it. asked him. It looks like well, Yeah, go to the website. Like, you know, you you, no, he's teasing. You want, you got to get to go to the website, smushcookies.com. You, would you do an oatmeal co- two oatmeal cookies and ice cream? Sure. Why not oatmeal cookie with the vanilla bean? How about Or, or our pralines about, and cream ice cream? Oatmeal raisin. You're out? No. Raisin's tough, man. It's not. A lot of people don't like raisins. <laughs> a lot of people are cheesy. I mean, I would. I, I, there's a lot of different ways you could go with this. You could have fun with it. Can you imagine leaving the dispensary and then all of a sudden having, I mean, get fun with it? Bring a smush cookies oh. here. God, I wish the, the vast sound vault <laughs> still had our, our fatso cuts. Remember that movie? Dom DeLuise? Yes. Right? And they get, they're dieting. They get so worked up. They actually chained up the cabinets, and the biggest fella comes in and, and starts ripping down the cabinets. But the like the animal-like noises they make, when because at times they're just sitting around the table oh and they boy. start talking about... How do you wait. write this stuff one and I'm in a donut? Mm-hmm. Yep, there it is. Play it again. You- give, it, give it to me again. <laughs> oh, boy. How do you write this stuff one and I'm in a donut? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Isn't it the you ge- that likes Reese's? I stuff a... Stuff a, that, the whole thing there was he stuffs a peanut butter cup into a jelly donut. And, then you, and then you just hear, uh, uh, mm. Yes, I like Reese's. I don't know what the pronunciation of Reese's is, but this is a big debate. Whatever, Reese's, Reese's. So how about peanut butter cookie with chocolate ice cream? Peanut butter cookie with mint chocolate chip ice cream. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sign up for an A-Play card and unlock some great food specials at the Sterling Spoon Cafe at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Cofield and Company presents... Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. We're about 12 minutes away from the Kevin Kruger radio show right across town here from Silver 7s. That's at the Orleans at Bailiwick. Mm. So check that out. I believe uh, Kevin Kruger with the night off for the show, but Carlin Hartman, who we talked to, great conversation like two weeks ago on the concourse of the Thomas and Mack before a game. Uh, he's awesome. And then if he was fun. you've never heard uh, players Justin Webster, but especially Mike Nuga, in interviews, you're going to like it. Nuga's, he's a really entertaining kid. And re- go re- there. Really entertaining. And go there and enjoy yeah. some food and hang out. Yep. Uh, no doubt. Kruger Radio Show coming up in now about 12 minutes. Into the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So we went to break straight off your uh, Mountain West, uh, check that, your UNLV football schedule prediction. Mm-hmm. I wasn't blowing you off. We were up against it to, uh, to get Isaac Bruce on. Yeah. Um, I'll just say on the schedule that... I would say the floor needs to be five wins. I think they can be better than that, but my lord, the as you pointed out, the stretch in the middle to the late part of the season, I think they have to stack up wins early because that October 15th to November 12th stretch is rough. Air Force piled up 511 yards on 69 carries. There's just a system there. And they they're, re- they're a beast, and I don't know what the Rebels' defense is going to look like as they're kind of reworking it. Mm. You're going to have a new defensive coordinator. But the problem is 
you prep for Air Force's style, super physical game. Then you have to go to Notre Dame. You know that's going to be really physical. Then you're going to go and play another physical team in San Diego State, who I think will be better throwing the ball this time around. You know their defense is always awesome. Yep. And then Fresno comes to town. It's a winnable game. I mean, they took Fresno there to the brink last season. Jeff Tedford's back. DeBoer is gone. But they still have Jake Hayner. That's a super talented team. So those four games, you got to try to get a win or two out of those and then not be beat to the you know the the brink of a breakdown as you go at Hawaii and then home against Reno. So that's really the key is in the middle of the season. But it's it's a good schedule. There's some good home games to come out to. The road schedule has some good tilt. So uh, it'll be a fun year. It should I be a fun year for Marcus Arroyo and UNLV football. I truly believe the pivotal game in this schedule, that, like you said, they got to pile up wins at the beginning. The pivotal game is North Texas. It's not at Cal. It's not the home opener. I think that they, they should be. Uh, if they don't beat Ohio State, then it's a, oh, boy. But it's the North Texas Mean Green because they have a veteran quarterback. It's a quality team. They went to, uh, you know, this. they always play solid. They started out with one win, I think one and five, one and six last year, and then they closed and ended up bowl eligible. So I think that's a pivotal game for confidence standpoint. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Willie loves to point out correct predictions, but I oftentimes I'm like, did you make that up? When did you say this? When did you told us that UNLV basketball was going to win at Fresno? All right, do we have that cut? Go ahead, fire it. Oh, uh, there's nothing. I, d- I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't alert I mean, him. We got to give him the heads up to pull the audio as proof to the audience. But I didn't. Y- you, but uh, Monday I did. Okay. I did. We were sitting in the studio, and I said, they're going to win. I, well, I, wasn't in, I don't know so where I, I was. I, I wasn't in the studio. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. I, f- I, forget, I forget the show the next You now, were in the I, I know I was. I know I was. Okay. Well, good pick because they were six-point dogs. I said they're going to they come won. home with a win. You were talking about – I don't know what you're talking about, but I, I remember <laughs> cutting you off, and I said they're going to win. I know for a fact. You got all mad because I don't remember I what will, he said, and then he's like, I don't know what you're talking Ari, about. Ari, I will not be on the show tomorrow, but I promise you this – Remember this because I'm going back through Monday's show. I'm going to find it, and yeah. you guys are going to play it tomorrow. You know what's sad? I found your uh, Super Bowl 57 prediction. <laughs> that I have saved, so we'll use that eventually, but I guess I didn't get your uh, Rebel stuff. Did I pick a team for Super Bowl 57? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Our predictions, they last for about three days. Maybe Willie remembers. Ari won't. He'll delete it. Someone else will delete it. I always remember the winners. I can't believe you didn't pull the sound, Ari. I'm so disappointed. So what did you think of the game last night? I was watching the Golden Knights. You were watching the Knights. I thought you had a whole bunch of stuff on the game. You're like, I'm really looking forward to talking about that game. You are are at the Knights, and obviously I had the same situation where I was watching uh, the Fresno game against against the runner Rebels. I think the only person watching was Adam. Rebels came up big on a bunch of fronts. Um, they're getting more healthy, so that helps. Donovan Williams came back, but he was a little out of sorts. But Kevin Kruger put him in the game with uh, you know, about two minutes left to play, so I thought that showed a lot of confidence. That's going to help Donovan moving forward. But uh, Vic, one of their big men, uh, Iwako had so many big plays. He's so good defensively against all different positions, and there's little things throughout the game, just how active he is. That was awesome. Webster had a couple of big buckets in the middle game that were huge. They were getting 25-12. to 12. And Royce Ham, you know, with Orlando Robinson on him, shoots a couple of threes. Those were big because it, it, it just halted the run. They played a really good game. 
And they played hard, and they out-rebounded a Fresno team with an elite big man in Orlando Robinson, 42-31. to And most important, they got Robinson in foul trouble, and he shot 3 of 14, only at 7 points. And our boy who was on the show a couple weeks ago, he's doing the um, the show tonight, Coach Show, what's his name? Right. Mike, Mike Nuga? No, no, no. Carlin Hartman? Carlin Hartman. Justin he, Webster? He talked about shot selection. Were you impressed with their shot selection last night in terms of high-percentage shots? No? I think most of the game was won on defense. Ah, and okay. Fresno does make it really tough. They're a big, strong team, so it ain't easy to get off quality shots. Kevin Kruger Radio Show is on the way. Orleans at Bailiwick. We'll see you.